in El Salvador, there's a wonderful young man named Francisco called to ministry, called to the country of Tonga, but he had a severe handicap. His feet were severely deformed. As a child, Francisco could not afford shoes, and his parents couldn't afford to put shoes on him, so the whatever shoes he had, he stuffed his little feet into until his toes curled underneath his feet and they grew that way and they they remained that way. Now, he didn't let that stop him, by the way, but he had a severe handicap. At a recent church service, a young girl named Bella saw a vision of Francisco. And after the service was over, she knew that meant something. She went around and looked for this man The service was over, people were leaving, and she still found him. She walked up to him and she said, I'm supposed to pray for you. This is a child, under 10. She prays for his feet. Here's what he says. When Bella and Sophia came, they began to pray for me. When Sophia put her hands on my feet, I literally felt an electrical charge run through my feet. Little Bella felt it too. And you know, my feet grew. Amazing. Acts 1.8 says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, and then you will be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Oh God, I pray that we would go forth in your power... To this world, to our neighbors, to the people that work with us. Lord, may we demonstrate your power by the Holy Spirit to those around us. Oh God, meet us today at the altar. As we bow before you, we ask that the Holy Ghost would be poured out in power upon us. Lord, for those that have never received the Holy Spirit... Baptize them in power, in Jesus' name. And God, we will give you all the praise and honor and glory. In 2015, a prayer request was sent out for a pastor's wife in Portrellis, El Salvador. Maddie was diagnosed with cancer just a few years earlier. I was one of the pastors who received that email. This past December, Maddie went for her final chemo treatment where the doctor said, you are too sick to receive your final chemo treatment. I suggest you go home and enjoy Christmas with your family. She understood this to mean go home and be, spend your last Christmas with your family. Her skin color was gray And she was dying. Her family gathered around her. And they asked that God would heal her. Or take her. She was so weak and riveted with pain. She was in renal failure. A tumor was wrapped around her bowels. Cancer had now invaded her bones. She needed a miracle. The family says this. We aren't sure when it happened. But her skin color changed. And her hair started growing back. She looked totally well. Will you put that picture up? 
of Maddie? On March 14, 2016, she went to see her doctor, the one who sent her home to celebrate her last Christmas. These are her words. Today I went to see the doctor. His eyes revealed that he was amazed and shocked to see me. He couldn't believe that I was standing up in front of him and had no pain. I told him of the miracle that God did for me in December after he sent me home. He said, well, I want to examine you. Actually, it was another doctor that examined me. But when the other doctor told him that he had completed the examination, that all of my organs were normal, there was not any cancer, and my ovaries were of normal size. Her doctor said she doesn't have any ovaries We removed them in an operation. The two doctors looked at each other and looked back at her with admiration, seeing the miracle right in front of them. She writes, I told my doctor, I'm writing a book and I want to put your picture in it. And uh, he said, I want to read that book. For the glory of God, he doesn't do things halfway, she writes, Everything he does is perfect. And not only did he heal me from cancer, he gave me new ovaries. Let's give God praise. (laughs) Hallelujah. And you will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Mother's Day 2014, Pastor Roxana was preparing to preach to 1,000 mothers. When the Lord showed her that he was going to open wombs, the wombs of the barren women in that service. After she preached her heart out, she called the ladies who could not have children to the altar to pray for them. In keeping with a vision she had where babies were being formed, she borrowed a baby from one of the mothers and she laid it in the arms of all of the women at the altar who wanted to have a child. One of those ladies was named Sandra. She was a pastor's wife. Her and her husband, Ricardo, had been trying to have a baby for a long time. When Roxanne prayed for her, her heart was filled with faith. One year later, at the next Mother's Day celebration, Sandra and Ricardo brought their son, whom they dedicated, Jose Isaac, Born in February, exactly nine months after his conception in May. Hallelujah! And you will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. This is our Pentecostal heritage. This is our distinctive. We believe that just as the Holy Spirit was poured out... All those years ago on the day of Pentecost, God's Spirit is still poured out today. That God's Spirit will come upon us in great power to all who believe. Do you believe? Do you believe? In Mark 16, does everyone have their notes? Get ready to fill in the blanks. Rapid fire blanks. Here we go. And these signs will follow them that believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They 
will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Did you notice anything special about this verse? It sounds like they will. Amen? They will. They will. That's what the scripture said. They will. Demons will be cast out. We will speak in new tongues. They will not be harmed when we go in Christ's name and we will heal the sick. Did you know this is your destiny? Write that down. This is your destiny. This is your purpose. But, but for many of us, we're not fulfilling our destiny. We're not fulfilling our, our purpose because we won't. Are you listening, church? Because we won't cast out demons. We won't speak with new tongues. We won't attempt to go anywhere unsafe or take risks. We won't pray for the sick. I want to remind you of the first testimony that we heard. Little children under the age of 10 saw a vision and prayed for a man and the Lord healed him. Why? Because they were willing to take a risk. Write that down. They were willing to take a risk. Spirit-filled Christian, do you realize the purpose for which you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and that means you have a gift of deliverance. You have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, so you need to pray in tongues. Write this down. Pray in the Spirit. You have divine protection, and you have the gift of healing. Now I want to encourage you, go and use it. Go and use it. Why aren't we using the gifts? There's probably three reasons on why we're not using the gifts that God has given us. The first one is this, fear. Fear. My grandmother moved from a little tiny farm in Smithville, Tennessee, to Detroit to find work back in the 40s, in the 1940s. She found work in a factory and later she would marry my Grandfather who served in World War II. My grandmother never learned to drive. Anyone guess why? She was afraid. Now, did she have to be afraid? Not at all. I mean, this woman bravely left her tiny community in Tennessee and moved to a multiracial, industrial metropolis filled with crime and rioting, and she didn't seem to be afraid of any of that, right? She overcame her fears and obstacles. Women didn't go to work in the 40s. My grandmother did. It took extreme courage for my grandmother as a little lady to leave her home, everything familiar, family, friends, and church, and go to Detroit. Unbelievable. But the fear of driving was the obstacle she couldn't overcome. Couldn't or wouldn't? Are you listening, church? Couldn't or wouldn't? We'd probably have to say she, she wouldn't. My grandmother would give birth to my Aunt Rose 
and my grandfather would leave for World War II to fight in the Battle of Bastogne. Those of you history buffs know that not too many American soldiers came out of the Battle of Bastogne, but my grandfather was one of them. My grandmother took care of her daughter all alone. My grandfather came home on leave. My mother was born, and my grandmother cared for these two girls. She ran the whole household, but she did not learn to drive. Hmm. Could she have? Of course she could have. She wouldn't. Now, some of you are thinking, why didn't she just try? She could have done it. You're exactly right. She could have done it. But she let fear hold her back. And likewise, I want to say to you that you also can do it. You can deliver. You can speak in tongues. You can heal if you would only try. But guess what? Nothing is going to ever happen unless you try. Write this down. If you won't try then you never will. If you won't try, then you never will. And I want to exhort you to try. Quit trying to figure everything out on your own. Quit trying to resolve it in your mind. Quit trying to say, but, well, I would pray for this person, but I saw another person who died. Quit trying to reason these things out and simply pray for someone. Step out in faith and pray. In my last church, I remember I was praying early in the morning in the prayer closet before I would go to church, and and the Lord spoke to my heart. Some of you have heard me share this before, but it, it really fits well here. The Lord spoke to my heart and said, I want you to pray for healing, pray for the sick. And I, I said, okay, Lord, who is it? Who do you want me to pray for? But that's all the Lord said. Pray for the sick, pray for healing. I said, Lord, who, who? The Lord, Lord wouldn't say anything. Whole week went by. I was back in the prayer closet and the Lord impressed the same thought on my mind. Pray for the sick. I will, Lord. Who is it? Who do you want me to pray for? I will go to them. Nothing. Another week goes by. Praying in the prayer closet. The Lord said, pray for the sick. Lord, you know I will, do, I will pray. Who, who do you want me to pray for, Lord? Nothing. It says nothing. Went and got ready for work, took a shower. Before I left my house, the phone rang, and it was Ruthella Hager from the church. 77 years old. She had a large goiter on the side of her neck, and they discovered it was cancer. The cancer had spread to her lymph nodes. Everything pointed to death. Everything was against her. The cancer was huge. It was metastasized. And we might say she already has lived a very long life. But the Lord said, pray for healing. Three times he said, pray for healing. And I joyfully told Ruthella, the Lord has already gone before you. And he's going to heal you. He told me three times, pray for the sick. Ruthella, you're going to be healed. You know, she never let go of that. We had a great prayer service. I taught on, 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 of course, healing. And I taught on having the elders come and anoint people with oil. 
And uh, we, we prayed for many on that day, but there were three individuals in our church that were very sick all at the same time. Ruthella was one. Our former pastor, Pastor Carl, who still attended the church, he was 80 years old, had a large tumor in his stomach. It was not cancerous, but he had this large tumor. And then Anna Truex uh, had breast cancer. All of these were well over the age of 75. God, of course, healed every one of them. Every one of them. Now, Ruthella's tumor, Ruthella's tumor on the side of her neck was huge. Every week we came to church. She sat about where you sat, Gail. Every week I watched it shrink, 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 shrink until it was gone. And she went to the doctor and, of course, he said, you're cancer free. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God healed Pastor Carl's tumor, completely gone. And God healed Anna Truex of breast cancer. Sometimes we start reasoning things out. Sometimes we start making excuses of why someone will or won't be healed. And we don't even give them a chance. I want to encourage you today. Take a risk. Don't let fear hold you back. You have nothing to lose. Listen, unless the Lord heals them, they won't be healed anyway. But come on, church. Let's give God a chance. Don't let fear hold you back. You have received power. And God wants you to take a risk. Too busy. Write this down. Too busy. Why aren't we stepping out in faith and power and praying? Well, we're very, very busy in our lives. We're actually a little too busy to look around at the people around us. Do you know, for example, do you know someone in our church who's sick or suffering? Do you know someone who's going through crisis or divorce? You know, we should know these things. Jesus said in John 4, 35, Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Lift up your eyes. Look at the fields, for they are already white unto harvest. Verse 38, I sent you to reap for that which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. Church, write this down. We have to lift up our eyes. We have to look around the church. We have to see the lost. We have to see the needy, the bound, and the sick. And when we do then we will be moved with compassion towards them. Amen? But we need to give ourselves a chance to be moved with compassion for one another. Amen? We need to let our hearts be touched with the feelings of their infirmity and that compassion. When we see someone in need, that compassion can stir us up To go and lay hands on someone and see them healed. It isn't hard. You can be moved with compassion. In fact, many of you are. Have you ever seen those television commercials about the abused pets? Have you ever seen those commercials? I hate those commercials. You see those little dogs, yeah, and you're like, oh. But when you see that, 
you are naturally moved with compassion. Many of you, you know, I'm going to save the doggies. And then they have this, you know, this sappy voiceover. You can help today. Don't let another pet be abused. Call 1-800-SAVE-THE-DOGS-CATS, WHALES, GUINEA PIGS, AND HAMSTERS. <laughs> you're sitting there and your eyes are welling. I'm going to help them, Lord. Well, animals are important. But God says that people are even of more value. And, and if you can feel, I have, I have a lot of faith in you. If you can have that type of compassion for an animal... Because I believe this, Christians are compassionate. God puts it in our hearts. If you can feel that way towards an animal, you can also feel that way for your neighbor, for a co-worker, for the other people in your church. Amen? Isn't that true? You can feel that way. So let your heart be moved with compassion. Jesus exhorted you and reminded you, you are the light of the world. You know what he says when he's saying that? Basically, you're the only hope. The world has me in you. You're the only hope. You're the hero. Why don't you come and save the day? Are you with me, church? We have to come and save the day. Hallelujah. Listen, here's what the Bible says. Seek first. Write that down. Seek first the kingdom of God. God's going to take care of your needs. God is going to supply for you. God is going to heal you. God's going to help you. But church, we have a responsibility to our God to seek first his kingdom. And then all these things will be added unto you. Look up, brother and sister. Look around and be moved with compassion. Because that is what Pentecost is about. Why aren't we stepping out in faith and power? Write this down. Our battery is dead. Our battery is dead. We're not prayed up. In the spirit. You see, many of us are tending to life, but we aren't attending to our spirit man. Mm, Write that down. Many of us are attending to life, but we're not attending to our spirit man. We've gotten caught up in the go, 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 and we've forgotten the most important thing. We need to charge our spiritual batteries. Church, I cannot say this enough. We need to go into the secret place of the Most High. We need to sit at Jesus' feet. Write this down. We need to pray in the Holy Spirit. I cannot tell you how urgent this is. The Lord impressed upon me all this week. He said, tell my people to pray in the Holy Spirit. If you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Teenagers, pray in the Spirit. I remember when I went to camp and I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I came home. And probably from the ages of 14 to 18, the only time I prayed in the Spirit was at camp. Don't do that. Don't follow my example. Pray in the Spirit when you get home. Pray in the Holy Ghost. That's what God wants to say to us. Everyone in the balcony, pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Holy Spirit is the gift that God has given you. What happens when your phone dies? You can't do anything. You can't do anything until it's charged up. Although your phone has great 
capabilities. I mean, it's a GPS. It's an alarm. It's even a phone. Isn't that funny? Your phone is a phone. Um, It is a camera. It is a recording studio if you want it to be. It's amazing. But when your phone is dead, it is nothing. Is everybody with me? When your phone is dead, it doesn't do anything. Brother and sister, listen. You've let your spiritual batteries die. And it's been a while since it's been charged. Here's what many of us do. I want you to just listen because this is what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Many of you, you plug in your spiritual batteries like you plug in your phone for one hour. And you get this 17% charge. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? How long does that last you? Not very long. But you understand what God is communicating, don't you? Plugging in for a little bit is not the answer. We have to plug in and get a full charge. Is everybody with me, church? We have to plug into the Spirit and get a full charge. That's what the Holy Ghost is saying to us today. Ask God, church. Ask God for visions. Would you ask God to set up divine appointments for you? And listen, when people come and talk to you, if they say they have a need, pray for them immediately. Pray for them immediately. So two things I, I believe the Spirit of the Lord is, is communicating to us today. When people tell you their need, number one, listen to them. Look at them. And number two, pray for them immediately. You never know the impact that's going to make. But if they don't know God... You're literally bringing God into the situation for them. That can change their life forever. So here's what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. I sent you my Holy Spirit. I baptized you in the Holy Spirit. I have given you power. Now use it. Use it, church. Stir it up. Stir it up today. I want to invite the worship team, if you guys would please come. And I want to close with this thought. In the parable of the talents, tell me, what did the servant who had one talent do? Ooh. He what? He buried it. Write that down. He buried his talent. And what was the master's emotion to him? The master was angry. And he said this, you wicked and lazy servant. You see, church, when we don't use what God has given us, the Lord considers it wicked and lazy. And here's what the Lord said. Listen, take it from him and give it to the one who's been using his talents. The Lord reminds us today, he has given you the baptism in the Holy Spirit Don't bury it. You with me, church? Don't bury it. God has given us the baptism so that we can serve him by serving others. Today we're going to give two altar calls. If you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you have been praying, God, baptize me in the Holy Spirit, I'm going to invite you to come to this side of the altar right here between these steps 
and this wall. And I want you to kneel in just a few moments and come and say to God, baptize me in the Holy Spirit today. I am seeking you for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The second altar call is for all of us who have already been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Here's what the Lord is saying. In fact, can I invite you to stand with me right now? You can begin to play softly, Garrett. The second baptism, or the second altar call is for this. God is asking, will you take a risk? Will you overcome your fears? Will you go and will you pray for someone? Will you quit thinking through all the different options of everything that could go wrong? And will you just go and pray? Will you just take a step of faith and go and be used? God is asking you, will you take a risk for me? And if you are willing, those of you that are already baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you are willing to take that risk, if you're saying yes to God, I want you to come to the altar right now. Right now, leave your seat right now and kneel down and just begin to say, God, give me another portion of the Holy Spirit. Baptize me afresh in the Holy Ghost. Give me a new gift of the Holy Spirit. I need a new outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Again, for those of you that are not baptized in the Holy Spirit, would you just come right here and just begin to seek the Lord. We'll come and pray with you in just a few minutes.